Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. Please welcome Isa Moskowitz. Thank you. Hi, guys. Can I have that book back? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for showing up. Um, what, are, what am I going to talk about? Okay. So those were chocolate rosemary cookies. Someone said they tasted like chicken nuggets. Yes! <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Thank you. So my job is done here. <laughs> I have invented the chicken nugget cookie. You're welcome. So uh, let's see. Yeah, so I went vegan like two decades ago when I was only not even born yet, basically. Um, one of the first places I came when I went vegan was actually to LA. At the time, we had no internet or electricity or anything. So I don't know if anybody remembers, like, in the back of, like, Maximum Rock and Roll, you'd get pen pals. Did you guys do that? So I got some pen pals here, some peace punks, and they invited me out here. So I came out, and there was, like, I don't remember anything. Well, I remember everything, but I don't know where anything was. There was, like, a vegan drive through restaurant. Does anybody remember that? Did I make this up? Where is that? Where is that? No. Um, what, yeah, it's, I think it's got. It's what was it called? Okay. So it's gone, you guys. I'm sorry. When did it close? Really? No, I think this was even before that because I thought it was like downtown somewhere. Is that not true at all? Am I totally lying? Nobody's from here. You guys don't know what was going on 20 years ago. <laughs> so that was fun. And we went and hung out in the OC um, with the Peace Punks. And I got a crass tattoo. I'd show you, but it's stockings on. I can rip them and show you my crass tattoo. Actually, the truth is I got the crass tattoo like three years ago and told them make it look like it's 20 years old. <laughs> That's true. Um, so... Anything else I need to talk about with you? I'd like to know how anybody remains goth here. I don't see any goths. It's very difficult to keep your makeup on. Okay. Yeah, but like your makeup's like in New York, you wouldn't pass for a goth. They'd be like, who's the square? <laughs> my makeup has been sliding off. My hair has been flattening. It's been, but then I, we went, where were we yesterday, Mel? Where were we? We were someplace where everybody was perfect and had that piercing and they're like perfect turquoise mascara on, and I don't know how they did it. They must come out after seven. <laughs> so, I guess what I will, shall do now is read from the intro. Oh, this is me. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, and I moved to, where did I move? Uh, um, 
well, I moved to Portland like six years ago, and then I moved to Omaha, vegan Omaha, representing, um, three years ago. Are you from Omaha? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, it's the New Jersey of Nebraska. No, it's not. It's not at all. Everybody has something they call the New Jersey of their state, but we don't call Lincoln that. It's a great little town. You're really mad at me. I'm sorry I said that. What's that? I'll, I'll tell you the most Okay. Um, yeah, I moved there three years ago. My boyfriend at the time was from there, and I was in Portland, and he was in Omaha, and I felt like Portland was done. Like, I don't need to do anything in Portland, except if I opened a restaurant there, I would just get negative Yelp reviews, and, you know, people would be like, $5? No. That's not a tattoo. I'm not giving you $5 for this organic, whatever, trumpet mushroom scallopini. <laughs> So, yeah, I moved to Omaha, and it's been, and that's when I wrote Issa Does It, um, because I just saw what the rest of the country was basically had access to, like, to be in the middle of the country, like, having been on the, both coasts, I felt a little bit spoiled. Um, I'm like, oh, of course everybody has pomegranate molasses at their corner store. What? <laughs> so, um, it was cool moving there. We do have a Whole Foods, so, you know, I have access to my tofus, but, um, I just wanted to write a book that was like from Whole Foods, not Whole Foods this place, but Whole Foods like the stuff, <laughs> like real foods, like no processed meats and cheeses and um, just stuff that people can make at home during the week. And then I was all like, ah, every night, ah. <laughs> this is the only picture of literally like 5,000 pictures that was anywhere near decent because I'm terribly unphotogenic and all the photos were like, <laughs> <laughs> So that's what happened there. Um, so yeah, uh, Omaha. Anybody from anybody else from Omaha or the surrounding area? Anybody from Portland? Okay, so I can talk shit on Portland. <laughs> that's just what I need. Anybody recording this? <laughs> so I'm going to. Is anybody coming to the dinners tomorrow night and the next night to Mohawk Bands? Cool. Oh no, no dinners. <laughs> They're sold out. But, what? I might do another one next Monday at Golden Road. So, and that's going to be bigger. And it'll be like a St. Patrick's thing. I have the menu set. I'm just, and Terry's going to be here too. You guys know Terry? Um, yeah, she's awesome. She's coming. Yes. And now I just announced it. So I, I was thinking maybe of not doing it. Because I got super lazy and I was like, I'm doing so much and I just want to hang out in my Airbnb and be on the internet. And, but I'll do it. It's going to be, it, it'll be cool. And they're doing beer pairings and stuff. So I'll probably announce it tomorrow. Um, and then you just call and make reservations. But I think the room holds like 180, so you can all fit. No, at a Golden Road? No, no, I don't know. Yes, in the back? Yeah, that's where I'm doing it, yeah. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be very unhealthy. So if you're on the Forks Over Knives diet, please do not show up. If you're on a juice cleanse, do not show up. Your kale will be deep fried. <laughs> okay. No, all that stuff's great. I didn't say that. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> so I'm going to um, read from the intro, and then I will do a little Q&A, and you guys can ask me fashion questions, mostly, and um, relationship advice, and things like that. Okay. Um, what's that? Is somebody talking? <laughs> Where am I? 
the time change and then the losing an hour was just very unfair to me. Okay, can you guys please quiet down? I'm going to read now. Thank you. And I still haven't figured out how to read with a microphone in front of me. So, because you can't see because it blocks you. All right. Shh. Turn to page. No, you don't. I burn with jealousy when cookbook authors recount their love of apple pie developed while sitting on the kitchen counters of their granny, or the curry paste created by their mother with ingredients from her garden, or how they, how they awoke every morning to the wafting scent of dad's French toast. Nope, for my family it was hamburger helper and powdered mashed potatoes all the way. Anybody else raised by the hamburger helper hands? You're all, that's your dad that you just raised. You remember him? He was a glove. No. Google him. Uh, sure, we had the occasional home-cooked meal here and there, but for the most part, cooking was as unfamiliar to teenage me as astrophysics. I was as likely to make a lasagna as I was to vote for Reagan or teach my mom how to use the VCR. It was the 80s. <laughs> that is to say, not very. And then I went vegetarian. A few weeks and several cheeseless pizzas later, I was ready to branch out. Luckily for me, my mom and sis decided to come along for the journey. One day, my mom came home from work with a small stack of vegetarian cookbooks, and the adventure began. And I should say that my mom is vegan now, and my sister pretends to be, so everything is awesome <laughs> with us. I suppose fearlessness is just a byproduct of youth. The same way I never thought twice about riding the subway between cars. That's New York. There's subways there. Um, and when I re read this in front of my mom, she's just like, she gets so mad. Or st is anybody my Facebook friend? So you probably know my mom too, right? She comments on everything I do. Um, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the same way I never thought twice about riding the subway between cars or swimming way too far out at Coney Island, I never looked at how long a recipe took, how many ingredients were needed, or how many dishes were required. That was the spirit in which I dove into cookbooks like Louise Hagler's Tofu Cookery. Anybody? Anybody make those tofu balls? And then my mom will post pictures from Louise Hagler's Tofu Cookery now on Facebook and tag Louise Hagler and tell her what a great cookbook author she is. Um with total abandon, which is kind of funny because even with all that chutzpah, tofu scared the hell out of me. Can you guys say chutzpah? Because when I've been saying it in the Midwest, they get very confused. You got, you got it? <sighs> yeah. It hurts. In Omaha, the Jews are blonde. <laughs> and it's just like that doesn't count. <laughs> Have you, are there children here that I can't curse in front of? Because I learned this phrase. I actually learned it in, um, in Atlanta. It's FJF, fucking Jewish face. Have you heard this? Isn't that like the best phrase? It's like the only way to describe when someone looks Jewish. Fucking Jewish face. So now I tag stuff FJF all the time. Emma, are you with me? My cousin is here. This is my cousin, Emily. She lives here. Yeah, so you know my mom. They say chutzpah right now. They can't. They're like, it's like just, they explode. <laughs> they can't make the Okay. Oh, I was reading something, excuse me. But what I love about that time, too, is that people didn't assume that tofu was somehow reprehensible. American cooking titles like, that was tofu? You bastard. <laughs> and I can't believe you served me tofu had not yet appeared. 
My editor kept trying to change that and be like, no, the title of the book is I Can't Believe It's Tofu. And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to actually insult somebody. I want to make up a fake tofu title. <laughs> um, instead, the recipes in tofu cookery were written as though tofu were something delicious and wondrous and most importantly loved. That is what it became for me and what it had been in China and Japan for hundreds of years. Duh. I don't say duh in that. I'm just saying. <laughs> so this is where my love of cooking began. In 1989... At the tender age of three. <laughs> in a small kitchen in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. Thank you. <laughs> um, with linoleum floors and fluorescent lighting. You remember that house, right? M.O. Oh, you're tweeting? Oh. I guess you have other cousins that are doing something more important. <laughs> but you remember that house? Yeah. Didn't you sleep in a tire once? I remember. She was a little baby. I put her in a tire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I brought that up. We'll do that in therapy. Um, alongside my mom and my sis and even my brother who hated vegetarians but would soon have to admit that he loved our cooking, the brownies mostly. My best friend would come over and we'd get out the pots and pans, blast the music, crank up the burners and have at it for almost any occasion. I can recall a gigantic Thanksgiving spread with 10 different kinds of tofu. Oh, I meant to say the other thing people do when they want tofu to sound bad is they pronounce it in, a, in, in different ways. Like they'll be like, tofu. <laughs> So, for was uh, where was I? Okay, for almost any occasion, I can recall a giant Thanksgiving spread with ten different kinds of tofu for every course, and strawberries way out of season. And I know you guys don't know what strawberries out of season are, but they exist in other parts of the country. <laughs> A Chinese-inspired Christmas buffet with spring rolls that needed 10 layers of brown paper shopping bags to absorb all the oil. <laughs> Thank you. You guys remember brown paper shopping bags? <laughs> um, everything wasn't always a success, but most of it was, and even, even if we failed, we had fun. This marks the time in my life when the kitchen went smelling vaguely from microwave-frozen dinners to becoming the heart of our home. You'd open the front door downstairs, leave the cold air and the sound of the Q train overhead, and enter a downright enchanting bouquet. When I read this part, I feel very, very whimsical. <laughs> Garlic, olive oil, and cinnamon all mingling and cozy. Of course, things from then on weren't always smooth sailing on almond milk seas. Enter adulthood. My free time became more and more precious. I worked full time, often at more than one job and was always being asked out on dates. What? <laughs> uh, What's funny about that? Why wouldn't I be? Okay, the second part isn't true, but I was pretty busy and cooking wasn't always a top priority, especially in a city where you could dial a number and have a delicious steamy pad thai delivered to your front door before you even hung up. It's true. It's the weirdest thing. But still, I cooked in tiny kitchens with not the best equipment and now with a different focus. My nose is running. I'm nourishing myself, saving money, and also taking time to do something good for myself. The recipes in this book are designed with that period of my life in mind. And now, even as a cookbook author, America's number one top-selling vegan cookbook author, actually, <laughs> or perhaps especially as a cookbook author, I don't always feel like creating extravagant spreads, amuse-bouches. Do you guys watch Top Chef? So you know what amuse-bouche is. And sous vide. Um... And five course dinners. I want dinner on the table, but I want it to be relatively painless. If you do too, I hope this book will get you there easily. Love, Isa. You guys got the title, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's the intro. Um, this book was, uh, like a lot of love went into it. I don't know if you guys have my other books, but they're not very good. So I was, 
really excited to have like a full color hardcover, all the photos, just like, I don't know, like something that you'd be proud to display on your coffee table. No, the other ones are fine, I'm just saying. These are so pretty. And we took these all, do you guys know the photographer Vanessa Reese? Do you follow her and everything? Because she's awesome. Um, so yeah, Vanessa took the photos in this tiny, tiny, like 200 square foot apartment. And then my best friend did all the little tiny graphics of colanders and stuff like that. So it was a labor of love and lots of fun to do. Um, and I feel like it was, the recipes are a little bit more approachable. Like Veganomicon, we were just like, I don't care if you don't have 16 different pots and three hours, you're making this lasagna. <laughs> so I hope this is a little bit easier, easier. Um, so I'm gonna do Q&A and then, okay, do you guys have, thank you. Oh, thanks, oh, stop. Thanks, you guys. Does anybody have any cooking questions? Or I will answer fashion questions. The answer is going to be Joy Division t-shirts to all of your questions. Can you talk, we're talking, like, can you talk about the influence of, of punk and punk music and Veganism for you? Sure. Well, yeah. When I went, when I went punk, when I went vegan, it was because actually, um, I mean, I had kind of known what vegetarianism was growing up, but not really to a point where I felt like I could do it. And when I became, when I started getting into the punk scene, I met a bunch of people that were vegetarian, and you know, it was just like this political thing where people, you know, if you're going to be anti-racist, anti-sexist, you're also going to um, be anti-speciesist, if you can pronounce that word. Um, so yeah, I just met a bunch of vegans and like I said, I would like, you know, look at zines and look at vegan recipes and it was just like part of the culture that I, that I grew up in. Yeah. Any other questions? Yesterday, um, Mel, my friend who's with me, and I were asked if we were hairstylists. <laughs> so I can answer your hair questions. <laughs> No questions? Oh, okay. You, sir. Uh, are there any recipes in this book that really stand out to you as something that you cooked for a long, long time and you wanted to share it with people that follow your cookbooks? Uh, is there anything in this book that's like that? That's a good question. Anything that I've been cooking for a long time. I feel like Vegan with a Vengeance was like the stuff I'd been cooking for a long time. Like literally I'd been, that was like what I had been compiling for like 20 years or something like that. So no, but there's a lot of stuff like just things that I had been cooking and didn't think were appropriate to share in a cookbook because they were too easy. Like there's a down home tofu and broccoli curry in here, which I love. And that's something I've been making forever. So actually, yes, to answer your question, yes. But I was like, that's too easy. Everybody has that recipe. And then I was like, oh, that's why you need to put that in this cookbook. Or like some of the pastas, like there's like, I think it's called goddess noodles with tempeh and broccoli is another thing like I would always make and just be like, oh, nobody needs this recipe. It's like this vegan staple. But then I realized... Yes, you need to put vegan staples in this. And like the pesto, like there's a pesto that I make that isn't, doesn't have a cup of oil in it, which is nice for a weeknight, I think. Um, a couple of the cookies. A lot of the stuff was like requests. So like being in Omaha, um, I don't know, getting like requests from my family and friends uh, and just, uh, and other vegans that like, you know, would ask me for stuff on Facebook or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. No, I'm happy to. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to answer your question in a very long-winded way in two different ways. Was there another question? Yeah. What's your favorite recipe? My favorite recipe in the world? <laughs> in the book? Oh, that's so hard. Oh, wow. 
in the world. In the book and the world. Yeah. God, um, well, I love the Chandra Malikafta in here. It's like an Indian dumpling. Um, and that's one of my favorite things. It's one of it's. I have a section in here called Sunday Night Suppers, which is if you have an hour on a Sunday to do stuff that maybe would normally take you five hours, but now it just takes you an hour. So that's in there. Um, the sweet potato gnocchi is in there too, and I really love that. Um, the mac and cheese in here is something I make all the time. The roasted red pepper mac and cheese, which in my house is sometimes called pizza mac and cheese because it has pizza spices in it. Uh, that's one of my favorites. The roasty soba noodle bowl is something I make a lot. Have you had that? Yeah, because you looked at me like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's really yummy, too. So those are some of my favorites. Yes. You, the goth. <laughs> um, right now, it seems like every year there are like dozens of new vegan cookbooks and now more restaurants, especially in Los Angeles. But when you came out with Vegan uh, the Vengeance, there weren't, it wasn't a very acceptable. What was it like, you know, in your ahead of your time? The question is, I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> um, I don't know, because for me, when I did Vegan with a Vengeance, also, like, that was 10 years ago. I'm trying to do, like, a 10-year anniversary book for it, but I don't know if that's happening. I'm just going to announce it anyway. Um, <laughs> but at the time, it was just really just having fun. Like, I had always written zines and things like that, and that's what I was doing. I was just like, I'm going to put together this zine and sell it. And I was doing the Postpone Kitchen on public access. And really, I was just having fun with it. And just, I was really addicted to Food Network, so I just wanted to, ha to have, like, something like that for vegans and vegetarians. Um, and then, you know, I had this agent approach me and he asked me to put the book out. So I was I thought it was a scam up until like my first check from him. <laughs> so it was really fun. Uh, you know, it was fun to watch it gain momentum too, thanks to me. No. He asked me if it was thanks to me. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you you and then you. Um do, do you have like a process for kind of the Oh yeah, processes for coming up with new recipes. Yes, I just steal them from other people. <laughs> just cross their name out. Um, no, I I have three different main processes, and one is like, what's in my fridge? Uh, what am I gonna do with it? Another is just like a craving. So you know, if I'm just like, oh, I'm craving this curry or whatever, and then what's in my fridge? What am I gonna do with it? Um, and then requests. Those are my three main ways. So sometimes people will be like, I had a pad thai with Brussels sprouts in it, or whatever. Nobody. But um, <laughs> something like that. Someone asking me to you know, make something for them, which I really love. And people are always like, I don't mean to be a pain, but can you do this? And I'm like, no, thank you. Like, I need ideas. So. Oh, also, sometimes, honestly, just looking through, I, lo I mostly look at non-vegetarian magazines or Food Network or anything, and then, you know, I'll see what they're making on Top Chef and then make it vegan. So that's pretty easy and fun. So those are my main ways. Yes? What kind of style is your restaurant going to be? Oh, right, I'm opening a restaurant. Well, everything in Omaha is close to the airport just because it's Omaha. So even if it's, <laughs> like, driving there is a joke, you'd laugh at us. So traffic for us is, like... There's other cars on the street. What's with all this traffic? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you, it's like a 10 minute drive from the airport probably. But it is, I'm calling it swanky vegan comfort food. So since it's, thank you. Since it's Omaha and it's in the shadow of Omaha Steaks, almost literally, um, I wanted to do something that was approachable to people. 
but also just creative for vegans that were coming in to visit. So I'm going to do things like mac and cheese and tacos, but I'm going to try and make them a little bit more interesting. Um, so that's the idea. And dessert is pie only. And ice cream. So we're making, the other thing that we're doing is making everything from scratch. So our cheeses, our mayo, you know, all our seitan, obviously, all, everything's from scratch, which I feel like is really important because a lot of, t wait, is anybody from Dea here? Okay. A lot of times, like back like 10 years ago when you go to a vegan restaurant, people would make sauces. You know, here's a cashew sauce, here's a pesto. And now I feel like people just we'll just put fake cheese on it, the vegans will be happy. And I feel like a lot of non-vegans aren't that, aren't, are turned off by it. And myself, I'm just kind of like, I want different flavors and those store-bought things are great. I'm really happy they exist, but I don't want to serve it at a restaurant. I want people to be like, oh my God, this cashew cheese, you know, this is special and not something I can like throw together at home. Did I just diss everybody? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, yes. When I went veg 15 years ago, I taught myself how to cook by watching like Emeril on the Food Network. Yeah. It was just Emeril, Ming, Sai, and Sarah Moulton. Right. Plus, and then applied all of that to vegan food clips. And still 15 years later, we have one plant-based cooking show, which is Jason Rebell's brand new show on the cooking channel. And I'm wondering, have you ever been approached for a food network or cooking channel show, or have you pitched a show? They're banging down my door constantly. <laughs> I, um, well, I did those little videos with Breville. I don't know if you guys saw those. That was... Um, that might turn into something else. I haven't been like, uh, I haven't, that hasn't been what I've been trying to do, you know? It would be cool, but also that's a lot of energy and, and I don't have that. <laughs> I'm not a go-getter, even though I have like so many cookbooks. It's mostly because people are like, hey, you want to do a cookbook? And I'm like, okay. But I'm not like, I'm not like a determined like, you know, person. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone was like, will you do this cooking show? I'd be like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yes. Have there been any Yes, traveling definitely influences what I cook. I always steal ideas from restaurants, always. So, um, yeah, like, if I go to Minneapolis, the Vietnamese food there was insane. It's amazing, and people don't believe me that Minneapolis has the best Vietnamese food, but it really does. Um, are you agreeing with me? Are you guys from Minneapolis? Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll just steal all their ideas and steal their apple salads and stuff like that. Uh, and... Yeah, anytime I go to a restaurant, I'm always cataloging, like, what here would I do? And I'm really super, I love when a restaurant gives me an idea. You know, I hate when I go and it's like, oh, this is the same thing that's been happening for 15 years, or this is like, you know, Parmesan with fake meat and fake cheese. Woo, how'd you think of that? Uh, so yeah, I love traveling to find, you know, food ideas. Yes. Oh, my favorite one so far. What's my favorite one so far? I don't know. I'm, I don't want to say because everybody hates their vegan food in their city. Like, well, I really like Real Food Daily, and people are like, do you guys like it? And you guys hate it. Oh, you guys like it? So you're nice people. Because if I'm like, I love Real Food Daily, people get mad. They're like, oh, you have to go here. They have Dea. <laughs> 
Like the other day, I was at one of your favorite vegan restaurants, and they snuck Daya into into like an Arancini, and I was just like, "You have to announce that. You don't spring that on someone." I'm so whiny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've really liked the food here. Oh, I really liked Seabirds. That was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, Seabirds was awesome. The kale salad and the jack. You guys love your jackfruit. Yeah. The jackfruit tacos there were awesome. Um, Crossroads was delicious. I went twice. Um, you guys hate Crossroads? You can tell me. <laughs> oh, you love it? Okay, yeah. It was awesome. And that's where we were asked if we were hairstylists. <laughs> so, with, by a woman with beautiful hair, because game recognizes game. <laughs> um, so that was really good. I like Florey. Um, sta I'm staying around the corner. For, do you guys like it? So you guys like everything. You're happy. You're not internet vegans. That's the difference. Because I'm like, oh, everybody on the internet hates everything. You can't say anything. Um, yeah, so Flory is awesome. Where else are we going tonight? Shojin? I haven't been there yet. Uh, you guys love it? Okay, well, I'm going there. I'm super stoked for that. What are your favorite places here? Shojin. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go there because we have a cafe gratitude in Kansas City, believe it or not. And to me, that's close. It's I'm like that's three hours away. That's once you're in the Midwest, three hours. That's fine. Yeah, I've been there a lot in San Francisco, so yeah, I love it too. But I don't know if I'm gonna go to this one. But yes, we're gonna go get vegan donuts. We got everything's on a croissant here. I've noticed everything's on a croissant. Okay. Okay. I d okay. Of course they have a jackfruit sandwich. I might put jackfruit on my menu. I'm not sure. I feel like maybe LA has the lockdown on that. So. You're going to Australia. Yes, I'm going to Australia in like a week. So I'm going to leave from here. Yeah. With the vegan black metal chef and Terry. So that'll be fun. Um. Yeah, we're doing the Sydney Vegan Fest. I'm, a, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to get there and show up and, and do this and hope that everybody's happy. Um, yes? What is the next, the theme of the next cookbook, and how do you decide if you're going to collaborate with Terry or if you're going to do Well, Terry's sick of me, so. Um, actually, Terry and I, like, we'll do dessert books together. Um, but then she's been doing, you know, she's been doing, she did ve uh, ve whatever the, her books are called, and Vegan Eats World. Um, and she's kind of like, and now she's doing a salad book. But we have different publishers now, so we're not really collaborating. But the next cookbook I'm doing is an entertain, entertaining book. And it's going to be another hardcover, full color kind of deal, which is, yeah, going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know how I decide. I just figure out how I'm feeling and hope the publishers are okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, well, we'll come out with, like we did vegan pie and it sells terribly. But then the next year, like 10 vegan pie cookbooks came out and it was like, you guys, didn't you see? Nobody wants to make pie. <laughs> I love pie. It's my favorite. That's why the... Thank you. The people that love the vegan pie book are like the best people. You're a good person. <laughs> Nobody else here is a good person. No, but, but I feel like you have to like be become a pie person for it and people it's just a step people aren't willing to take they're like I'll make a cookie this pie is too much of a commitment 
But it took me years to get pie crust right, and it's just, I think it's worthwhile. I think the person that stands before you today is a better person than the person that couldn't make a pie crust. <laughs> People don't care about that. Um, yeah. Have you ever tried to make a French macaron? I, I, can't I have not tried to make a French macaron, but um, <laughs> I have, see, this is another thing. I'm not a driven person. If something fails twice, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, there's children here. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, heck no. <laughs> so, but, um, I feel like those are the things that you need that the people dedicated to that have to do. So like Miyoko Shinner, do you guys know her vegan cheese book? Like, you go Miyoko, like make all that cheese, ferment it. <laughs> like, do what you gotta do, you're awesome. But I'm never gonna do, do that because I'm like, I can't have stuff fermenting and hanging and turning. Like, it's not happening for me, but so. Um, but I was going to say, for French marrons, um, <laughs> have you tried Sweet Marisa's? In, uh, it's, in, it's in New York, in New Paltz. Okay, they're insane. They're so good. And it's, almond, it's all real ingredients. Because for a while, people were trying to get away with like, these energy egg replacer marrons. And it just was not. It was, I was like, oh, thank you for the energy with sugar in it. I hate you. You're ruining veganism. That's what I would say to them. No, I didn't say that. But yeah, the actual cookie. Well, Sweet Marisa's, okay, it's so expensive, but if it's your birthday or like a family member died, order yourself a bunch. That's what I did. Um, it's like $20 for like six cookies or something. But it's a family member that I just say, you're dead to me. Yes, you're dead. I want macaron. I'll teach you how to pronounce it later. I don't think I pronounce it right, actually. I just like saying that. Um, but they have all different flavors, and it's almond flour, and they're gluten-free, I think, coincidentally, not on purpose. Um, and it's no palm oil, so you won't get negative blog comments. And it's like coconut oil. It's so good. You have to get them. I won't shut up about them. I'll spend the next 20 minutes. They do. But that's why it's so expensive. So good. You have to get them. Um, yeah, so for things like that, or for like the marshmallows, like Sarason invented those um, uh, sweet and sour marshmallows, which is amazing. Like, you need one person dedicated to these, like, vegan things. Otherwise, you know, you know, leave, like, the lazy stuff to, to me. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to have donuts. I feel like I have a donut philosophy. Well, I don't believe in baked donuts. I mean, they're fine. I like Back to Eden's baked donuts, actually. But I also feel like a lot of them end up just tasting like fried dough if you don't have like the donut machine. Like, if I have donuts, I want them to taste like Dunkin' Donuts. Do you guys have Dunkin' Donuts here? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, but like you need to have a production. Like, if I put it in my cast iron, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's it's not a donut. So I don't I don't mess with that. Any hair questions? <laughs> Are we good? Any final questions? Okay. This is absolutely not a good question, but I don't think that it's a much part of your personality. What was your first punk record that you were? My first punk record? God, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like I went to punk via goth. So I can't think of what my first punk album was. That's awful. Oh, you know what it was? It was Rudimentary Peni, which was a little bit goth. Do you guys... Yeah, okay, so let me think of another one. Is, is well, I mean, I had the sex, you know, I heard, it wasn't Iggy Pop for me. 
God, I feel like it was from, like, I was into, oh, and then I had, like, a lot of local bands that I loved. You know, I mean, Crass, I guess, was my big influence as, like, that got me kind of to go in, in the, a more punk than goth direction. But now I'm more goth. Because I still think about these things at 41. I'm like, you know, I'm more of a goth. Than Why are you thinking about that? You should be thinking about your retirements and your IRAs. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll sign some books, right? Yes, you do. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.